WGT closest to the whole challenge is officially over. If you're listening to this, it's too late. You can't enter anymore. So you missed out on the awesome prizes, one of which we'll be giving away right now. The weekly prize goes to at Jack's Lung on Twitter, who managed to knock an 88 foot putt all the way in the hole. Jack, if you are out there, go ahead and hit us up at lindsay at thednvr.com. That's L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y at thednvr.com to claim your free shirt or gift card to a local restaurant. For the rest of you, you will have to wait until Monday where we will announce the grand prize winner, which again is Avs tickets, or if you happen to be out of state, a jersey of your choosing. You have to wait after the weekend for that one. Got to keep a little bit of suspense in our lives for that. But yeah, World Golf Tour, shout outs to them big time for hosting all of this, running this giveaway here. It was an awesome time. Enjoyed getting beat regularly by AJ on the game, but you know. I enjoyed beating Grudo regularly on the game. (laughs) Fair. It It was a good time. I'm sure it was. So I've, got to, I've got to beat him at something before we start actually gaming together. Yeah, right. To, that's that's where school. I'm gonna gonna hand you a little bit. Yeah. So I mean, you're both gonna beat me at everything. So I'm not <laughs> really worried about it. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. You're the younger generation. Like I don't. I'd be afraid to play Fortnite with you. I'm not I, gonna lie. Yeah, I dude, I don't really play video games like that. So <laughs> that's I, like I, I'm good at Madden though. Like, dude, I could me, probably beat you guys. See, at let me Madden, tell you yeah. the, the whole conversation in the Slack channel about the, everybody getting together and playing Madden. Yeah, I was just. Like it was like fever dreams. I was like, no, I'm good. I don't play sports games anymore. <laughs> Probably fair. Well, happy right. Friday, guys. Yeah, it is a Friday, so yeah. let's jump into this show for reals. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Call J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or check out online on mygreensolution.com and use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. You probably know us by now. Joining us for this pod is Kale Sorbo. Get jumping on. You kind of just jump on every pod all the time, occasionally. I, it's not all the time, by no means. I may be on one podcast every three weeks. but uh, that's, that's okay. <laughs> on every pod sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's my first time on the Avs pod. I'm excited to be here and uh, talk about some some hacky. Yeah, he's the guy usually behind the camera running all this. So that's true. He gets to jump on and talk in front of the camera a little bit today. We're not going to beat around the bush in this one. The Avs blew a lead extremely late against Carolina, and the big topic on everyone's mind is Jared Bednar benching Nikita Zadorov for the third period of the game. There was an incident at the end of the second period where Zadorov and Niederreiter got tied up. They kind of took some hacks at each other, went their separate ways. Nothing really came of it, no penalties or anything like that. And then Zadorov was seen arguing with an assistant coach on the bench and did not play the third period at all. 
We'll get to the other side of this. Anton Lindholm only played a minute of the last 10 minutes of the game. So the Avs essentially ran four defensemen for the last 10 minutes of the game, which they eventually blew. Let's start with Zadorov, though. AJ, Kale, that's a, that's a tough one for me to sit Zadorov in a nothing-nothing game at the time, especially given how well Zadorov has played lately. So you pick your spots as a coach, right? Yeah. And... Bedner's always been a guy where we've talked about him being cool and calm and collected and like, you know, doesn't doesn't give in to the moment. And I think he did that last night. I think that I understand that a player can't be barking back at his coach on the bench. Um, and that there's some level of accountability that has to happen. But pull him aside between periods. Bench, bench him for the first five minutes of the third. But once you right. get a one nothing lead, because at that point, you know, they scored early enough in that period where it was like, okay, they're going to have to try and close this thing out. They're not scoring again. It already took six power plays to get there. <laughs> they're not scoring again. And when you consider the situation, you have Anton Lindholm, you have no intention of using. You have Eric Johnson in his first game back uh, from injury in several weeks with not the prime conditioning. There's no way. No, no player has ever come back and been like, okay, I'm ready to go, like, and and I'm ready to play 27 minutes. Not you know, to mention, that's... Sam Gerrard was not having the best game of his life last night either, and he ends up playing 28 minutes as a result yeah. of this. And so, and you're on the second night of a back to back. Like, yep. know the situation, man. Like, as a coach, you preach situational awareness to your team and to your players all the time. And Bedner just got proud. He got proud and he got swallowed up by the moment because I understand. I completely understand you benching a guy because he's fighting with your assistant coach on the bench, that they're going back and forth and that they, that, and you can't have a player acting like that. You have to, you know, there's a mature way to approach things, but from a coach's perspective, there's also a mature way to approach things and you can't value so highly sending that message that you're willing to throw points away. And like, they almost got away with it which would have just reinforced bad behavior from the coach. And that this blew up in his face should be a message to him that he needs to reconsider this. He needs to reconsider that approach and like know the situation. You know, if you if you have a problem, let him finish the game out. Right. Get your points, have a conversation behind closed doors or scratch him on Saturday against Chicago or bench him in the first period against Chicago like whatever. Whatever I do understand just, though it's a it's such it's such a hard position to be in as a coach though it's lose lose you I mean he had he had it was Sophie's choice but at the end of the day I mean he Jared Bedner from a coaching decision gave away a point last night yeah at, at least at one. least one you could argue very strongly too I would say yes. especially because of who it was right the exact player the Abs have wanted out there for the past three weeks when they have a one goal lead late in the third period is Nikita Zadorov. Exactly. Right. And yeah. he's the guy that's marking their best players, and they don't have a better player than freaking Andrei Svechnikov. Right. And to have Sam Gerrard lose the puck battle in front of the net where Z would have been like, look, that's not Z's strongest situation, so there's no guarantee it goes better. But with Z on the ice, there's also no guarantee the puck enters the zone. And that's the point. Certainly, Z has never been the strongest net front player, but when you look at his size and you look at Sam Gerrard's size, 
it's just obvious the difference. Take there. your chances. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so. one of them is a very large Russian behemoth of a man. The other guy is literally my size. So there's a little bit of a difference there. Yeah. And he can yell things in Russian at Svechnikov, too. So there's that <laughs> bonus as well. Uh, it's a, it is a tough situation, but I, I want to get back to the, the throwing points away side of this. Because as an organization, over the past couple of years, the ABS have always stressed... We want to put the lineup out there that wins us the game. Mm-hmm. And in a game where they could have won it, they actively chose not to use one, and really, if you include Lindholm, two of their defensemen. Well, and, and about the points, this is an organization that should know better than anybody the value of every point. Yeah. Uh, two yeah. years the ago, last two years? Are you kidding? Yeah. Two years ago, 80, it, took, it took a miracle for them to even get to game 82 mattering. And then they had to win it in regulation. And then last year, they clinch a playoff spot in game 81. Like, this is an organization. Every point matters. That they know that. No. And, like, yes, they have 47 or some odd games remaining in the season. Like, I, yeah, okay, yes, they do. But you don't get another chance to get those points back. Yeah. It's It's gone. Well, especially those are we lost were, points forever. We were talking about this right before we started the show, especially in a division where you're playing against St. Louis, and if it comes down to a one or two point difference for the one seed at the end of the season, which it very much might, the difference of the central division of St. Louis coming into Colorado and Colorado going to St. Louis, there's a big difference. Yeah, it, you, know, you want to get you want to look back on it and <laughs> and you know and look like teams blow games every year. You know, you yeah. you could just as easily look back at the Florida game in October and say, oh, they had a two-goal lead. I mean, that was a two-goal lead that they blew in three minutes and then lost in overtime. Yeah. So pick which one was worse. And obviously this one was worse because you got no points out of it. Yeah. And against Florida, you at least, you at least salvaged one. And if you're going to lose and you're still going to get a point, you're going to be pretty tough out in the standings. But this was just unacceptable from from the coaching staff i mean it really was this was your dude you're putting the car before the horse it defeats the whole point you're trying to win games and now you're caught up in the in the business of sending messages who are you detroit <laughs> i don't want to be you're playing for something i'm sorry but your season matters so to play devil's advocate a little bit we'll never know the conversation between zadorov and the coaching staff right Maybe he said something extremely heinous in there. Maybe it continued on in the locker room at yeah. intermission. And, and we're using incomplete information, right. but we're using what we have. And, and what we have. And he was asked post-game to elaborate and chose not to. Yeah. So we're using what we have. Right. And so with what was seen publicly, I don't understand how you can bench arguably your most important defenseman in that situation. Just not in that situation. Right. Like bench just, him the next game, fine. Whatever. There's so many different ways that you could you could find a punitive measure for him yep. that does not involve you sitting him in the final period when you're trying in to in a s- crucial situation like, where once, once it got to one nothing, they should and it got to one nothing early enough in the third, they should have been like, Okay, we've gotta we've gotta include yeah, him. Exactly. I mean, let's be real. That was, in a lot of ways, probably a schedule loss for the Avalanche. It was. But when you get into the final yes. five minutes with the one nothing exactly. lead, you have to come out with a point. Right. 100%. I'm not saying you have to come out with a win because things happen, but you have to come out with a point. 
Well, or you should at least, and you have to. Yeah, <laughs> it's a failure if you don't. It's just a it's just a thrown away failure. How much of this coming from D Line Co. in the chat is on Big Z? For starting this argument potentially, or at least being involved as one party in this Z argument, on the he bench. is not an innocent bystander here. He's not the victim of some vast, you know, coaching conspiracy that's out to get him. He played a role in it, right? Because you have to. They there are expectations. They're in. They're in what their fourth year together. Like yeah, they so. know. They know who. They they know who Z is. They've had the conversations with Z. They understand the personality, and he understands the opposite. He understands what the coaches want from him, and him going out there and getting into some weird pissing match with Nino Niederreiter in the middle of a, of a tight game, you can't do that. I mean, apparently he can. He didn't get a penalty for it. And he's probably lucky, because how many times have we seen Z draw penalties where you're like, that make you just want to roll your eyes right to the where straight back of your head. You're just like, come on, man. Like somebody else wouldn't get that. He's a guy that has to walk the line differently. And last night there was a moment he again gets caught up in that moment and like goes after Nita Ryder. And he's he's taken penalties in that exact situation before. And last night showed that he didn't learn anything from it because he did the same thing. He just got luckier in terms of the officiating. Right. And, broke his way. And of. I think that's probably, I'm projecting and I'm guessing, but I'm I'm guessing that that's where the coaching staff got frustrated. The situation is we have to guess. We're left in a right. situation well, where... Well, and that's where the coaching staff left us because right. they chose not to elaborate last Exactly. Time. They decided, oh, it was a coach's decision and then that was it. So you have to deal with what we know here and I suspect we'll never know you any know, more and, than we do right now. And... Like you lose as a team, oh, you know, one hundred percent. Because because Ian Cole makes a bad read on that pinch, and Ian Cole's getting just drilled by people today. But what the hell is JT Comfort doing? Uh, the whole you're you're skating in. You're the you're the high forward on in that situation. You've got three Carolina players behind you, and you take a five percent swing at a puck in the air that you're trying to baseball bat out of the air just wildly and then fall down and take yourself completely out of the play, Ian Cole makes a bad read and a bad pinch. But what is JT Confer doing? That's a terrible decision. You want to get in front of the puck and you want to bat it down, you want to try and play soccer with it and you know toss it up off your knee or kick at it or whatever, like get your body in front of it and give you a chance to hit it, okay. But swing wildly at it like that? Dude, what the hell are you doing? I just... So many bad decisions. I love the energy, but we're going to save it for the second period of this podcast. Because the way the Ebbs blew that game makes me want to drink. I might start right now. <laughs> if you get up and get one, grab me one. because I, I wouldn't say no right. either. <laughs> AJ, the bartender on the podcast tonight. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. They were established here in Breckenridge in 1990, and they have a sweet deal going on all December long, partnering with Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, where they are the brewery of the month. You can download the Davidson's app and enjoy a six-pack for just $7.99 all the way through December. You can get all of their amazing beers, whether it's the Christmas Ale, the classic Avalanche Amber, Oatmeal Stout, Agave Wheat, Vanilla Porter, 
there are 15 other ones that I can't think of right now. A bunch of awesome beers from them. And you can also keep an eye out for the Breckenridge event calendar here on the DNB. Oh, so sad. There you go. I'll Vanna light it for everyone. The one we have left. Clearly, we like it as we've gone through all of them in the office. The fridge has never been empty before. I don't think I've ever seen it empty. I didn't even realize it was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Breckenridge, my personal favorite right now, obviously in the season, Christmas ale. Um, yeah. I bought a little mini keg of it last night because nice. they're adorable oh, and awesome. they're so great. Um, I, I'm going to Vegas next week for the game oh, and yeah, I looked yeah. up where, where di- different Breck brews were available at the different casinos. And a lot of it is the Christmas sale. It's so, it's so good. It's just like, when it's perfect for this time of year, it's cold, it's, it drinks like an ale, so it's not too heavy, but you get the nice spice and the malt that you want in a beer this time of year without getting the heaviness of a porter or a stout. I yeah. really love it. I really do. I've really taken a shine to that vanilla porter. It's okay. It's so yummy. Good, the vanilla porter it's junior, so as our Nuggets guys like to say. Yeah, the VPJ. It's it's a quality beer. Not gonna lie. VPJ sounds like something that a doctor would tell you that you have. <laughs> you have VPJ, <laughs> and you're just you don't want that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, based on how many minutes MPJ plays, uh, yeah, might be accurate. Uh, all right, back onto the abs topic here. You talked about JT Comper. Uh, let's break it down, really, because Zadorov might take some minutes away from Sam Gerrard, Ian Cole. Mm-hmm. They still just did not have any legs left at the end of that game. I mean, there was yeah. nothing. So you're talking about a team as a whole that the second they scored that first goal, it was full turtle. It was they took what like four icings in a row, I think, at one point. Yeah. So and like icings where they're not even trying. Right. I mean, it was clearly just okay. <laughs> Eric Johnson was like, "Yeah." Oh no, you could just... tell it was the second night of a back-to-back. You could tell. <laughs> yeah, and it was that stuff drives me crazy because yeah. like you're not putting any effort into this and you're delaying the inevitable. At least try and flip it softly or something. Like you're right? you're trying to manage what's left in the tank. Yeah. But like is it better to stretch it out like in little bursts like right, that right. or to just go for it? Well, but then again, it brings us down to the conversation. Even and I don't want to get back into it because we just talked about it, but it goes back to the conversation. You have 10 minutes left in the game. You're up 1-0. You have five minutes left in the game. You're up. You're like, you need to, you need to come out of that game with a point regardless of how yeah. tired you are. And the fact that you had four defensemen on the ice the last 10 minutes of the game and you're not really rotating at all and you're leaving guys out there for just massive stints you're, of ice time, you're not setting yourself up for success. And that's more of a coaching issue than I, I have than even benching Z. And we can take this down the other path too because with Bednar, it's a pretty much known thing with him. When the Avs bring in someone relatively new or someone that's not as experienced, like an Anton Lindholm, yeah. there's no, doesn't have the trust. no trust there. None. And playing him one minute in those last ten minutes, especially the way the game had gone. You talked about Sam Gerrard not having his best he game. Not. Lindholm had been extremely solid throughout that game defensively. He'd you probably like this game more than I did, but like I, I don't know if I'd go extremely solid, like, but like passable I, for I sure. I had no issues. Like yeah. I'm not gonna complain. That's extremely here. solid for Anton Lindholm. Okay, okay, fair. I guess I, I guess we're grading on a curve. Yeah, yeah. Different, different goalposts. <laughs> that's that's a fair point. Yeah, um, but it's you know he not putting him out there was just as questionable as the Z benching. I agree. Um, I mean. 
like you said, you have to put your team. You're, you're as a coaching staff. Your your job is to put your team in a position to succeed. I, again, know the situation, right? Lindholm is right. a guy who played twelve minutes the night I mean, even before. If you, even he had if you the most legs. The ice, exactly. Even if you throw him on the ice, he, again, he had the most legs. But even if you throw him on the ice for a minute and a half during when you're trying to just kill time there, just to give another guy a break, like. There's ways to manage that situation while not, and I know there's not trust there, while not completely throwing the game away if that's well, what Bednar thought he was doing. If you don't want to play him in the last five minutes, I have no objections. Okay, fair. But you have to play him in the five minutes between you set 10 up and 5. EJ, you set up Gerard. You set right. up Cole and to again, be as fresh EJ's as possible. EJ's just back you, off of an injury. He's not living, 100%. You stop living shift to shift. Yep. Because that's what they were doing. Is they we were surviving st- shift to shift. Can we stop of- with the EJ Sam Gerard pairings too, please? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've had that conversation more than once. Yeah, I'm just we've, so done. We've, we've been there and done that. It's um, it, it was mismanaged. Yeah, I just don't. It was frustrating. It was. It was. It was frustrating to watch. As the coaching staff, and like it's a solid coaching staff. Yeah, not waking up today like, to, oh, they should fire right, to these take guys. a step no, back. I yeah, I don't still feel that way really at all. like Jared Bednar as the Avalanche head coach. Right. As, I agree. On the whole. I agree. Yeah. Like, body of work has been very positive overall. Much, much, much better, and trending in the right direction. And it still is. But last night was definitely one of those ones where you're like, you can probably put the coach on this one. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair to say. You. I mean, it's it's a projection, and you're guessing, and you know you're trying to predict the future, but it's without a doubt did not put them in a position to succeed. The game certainly looks different. Don't know how necessarily, right. but different. Right. It, it was, yeah, and and no Lindholm, and then you know that shift. The second goal bothers me way more than the first goal because the first goal is their top line outworking your fourth line. Yeah. Or I, I guess thirdish line. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Same. The designation. Same at that point. Yeah. The designation at this point is irrelevant. The, yeah. the Belmar line got yeah. worked, and Belmar himself lost uh, that puck battle crucially, and just well, took and himself out of the play multiple yeah. times. Yeah. And that shift gets beat to pucks, and it's like all the frustrations with some of the guys, and that's where Belmar hurts you, and that's another coaching decision that. They've got their top line out there, and you're trying to match them with checkers. You're you're trying to you're trying to outwork them and grind them down, and it's like you know, a lot of teams you can get that get away with that, but again, know the damn situation. This yeah. is Carolina. This is one of the this best is, teams in the East. Well, this is what they do. This is their identity. They're not Washington. They're not Boston. Yep. Who can just outskill you at any given time? Carolina is going to work. Every single line is dedicated and bought in to just grinding away and wearing you down, and they do it, and it's it's death by a thousand paper cuts with them because they win one puck battle, and it turns into two, and it turns into three, and then it turns into a turnover. And then it and turns now, into that goal. And yeah. now you're yep. out. Now you've been on the ice for 50 seconds defending the entire time. Everybody knows defending takes more energy than than playing offense. Yep. So now, now you've expended energy. All the other things we've talked about in the situation, back-to-backs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all of that and all the little things that they've done add up. Exactly, and it adds up and it turns into an exhausted Sam Gerrard watching Svechnikov poke a puck into the net and turns the game around. And then you've got, you know, that that gets scored. That needs to be a timeout. 
that needs to be a timeout. And that's not even hindsight speaking. That's just me not being a moron. Your team clearly has no legs. Just give him a 30-second break. It's, 30 so, seconds. Yeah. it's so frustrating, man, that he just continues to walk like, out of games with a timeout in his back pocket like it's going to do him something. Especially you know, in you, that situation. You know what? If like, you were gonna what are you going to save it for? You're going you're gonna to save the timeout for postgame? You have to save it for when they ask about Z and then call your timeout. <laughs> <laughs> because that was just trash. I mean, I'd have laughed if he called timeout on the It would have been it would have yeah. been a great moment of levity and a great moment of self-awareness. Oh my god. But not using the timeout after the first goal is it's just last night it's easy to go down the list of mistakes that got compounded. Yeah. And how it, it, one it, mistake turned into another and turned and, into and another. One of and those mistakes necessarily doesn't kill you, but when you make I mean, it really was like a total just collapse in of coaching in ten minutes. Yeah. It really well, was. I, and they didn't play well. Yeah, it wasn't just coaching. That doesn't right. that doesn't help. Like and the fact that like, they're tired, all the other things we've talked about. But those were prerequisites to the game. The coaching decisions were not. It's not Jared Bednar's fault JT Confer did something stupid and that Ian Cole made a bad pitch. Yeah. You have to let the guys play. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, like, they failed in that situation. And that's the – I mean, that's why it's a team loss. That's why everybody gets the L. I'm I'm with you on everyone getting the L. Except Grubauer. Um, he deserved a better fit. No, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. He was all three of my three standouts, Philip Grubauer. So. He should have been. Um, he should have been. Luke says I was disappointed. Awesome. I shaved. I had to do it. I, we can't have three full beards on the on the beat. AJ yeah. and Evan got that covered. So I guess that's true. Somebody had to do it. Evan says hi. Allie says hi. What's up? The rest of the DNVR Scott Henry's I, I just like, off cam I over like there. That all of our list, all of, all of our viewers are DNVR. <laughs> it's just it's, it's it was, just it our was staff. Eric and Allie and Evan are like <laughs> yeah. hi. And, oh, oh hello, <laughs> hi everybody. I hope you're enjoying this. <laughs> but uh, there is more to this. I know the focus is obviously the last 10 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Evelyn won for six on the power play, man. They could have put this game I mean, out of reach. Ooh. This is this yeah, is there this, we go. Th- this is just continuing. Yeah. Um, you know, and I made the joke on, on Twitter last night that I don't think Colorado's power play solution is wandering around unemployed in the middle of the hockey season. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. It seems <laughs> unlikely to me, but this is also the bed that the Avs made when they stuck with Ray Bennett. And look, they had they had the seventh rated power play last season. You could just look at that and say, well, and he's had a top ten power play for most of the last decade uh, between his coaching stints with the Avs and Blues. Just open it, dude. I was I was saving it to say this is how I feel about the Avs power play situation. There you go. I need a drink. That's nah, fair. <laughs> it's it's so bad, but it's been consistently bad all well, year. This like, is the, it's well, not, it's it's not even just this year. <laughs> Last year, it was at like an absurd like thirty five percent. It was one of the highest it had, that a team had ever had a power play percentage, because I and I specifically remember Lauren Gardner asking Nico Rantanen about it in a in a post uh, interview, yeah, a post period interview, and he goes really. <laughs> and it was just so like Nico, but it that was the only reason well, I remember that. I mean, when, and then ever since then, it's been bad. Yeah, when it, it works, slowly it's because McKinnon and Ranton are both shooting like twenty five percent on the power. But the well, power play, like, as good as the Avs were in the playoff run last year, the power play was bad. No power in play the didn't do power play didn't do anything. Yeah, against yeah. it was really rough. And, and for, 
the part that gets me is how good this team is at five on five, but we're going to get into this in the third period. Uh, first, we got to talk about one of our sponsors, that being Gold Boys. They also sponsored my explainer that just went up. If you're curious about injured reserve list, be sure to check that out. And why the Avs made the Cali Rosen move last yes. night. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, there's a lot of good information there, especially since hockey IR is way more, in my opinion, way more confusing than the other sports. So it Ruto did a really good job of breaking it down, and we put is a it bunch really of really confusing. It's not it, that confusing. It's not that confusing. Right? When you explain it, it makes the sense. The only like, confusing part is how, like, the LTIR. It's, there's two different LTIR versions. LTIR is yeah. yeah. Two different versions. One doesn't affect the cap. One does. Anyway, so, like, yeah. that's why we made an explainer about right. it. So go watch it. It's up on YouTube. It's up on Twitter. It's up on another YouTube. You can find it on the DNVR.com, I'm sure. So. Yep. It was sponsored by Gold Boys, just like this podcast is sponsored by Gold Boys Wholesale and Distribution. You're in for a treat if you haven't been down there yet. Their shop is one of the sweetest places that you can get your CBD products, whether it's drinks, lip balms, bath scrubs, vape pens, gummies, you name it. They can go on and on with all of the awesome stuff that they have. And they also have some of their own products, including Quanta Muscle Rub and Rehab X, as well as a billion other products, as I've already said. So you can check them out in their store, which is awesome. It's built to enlighten people and has these awesome murals on the walls of famous people like Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King Jr., and others. Or you can check them out online as well at goldboys303.com. And if you're looking to order in bulk, you can call them at 720-372-9843, and they'll be sure to take care of you. Gold Boys, where everything is gold. If I could pull off a tracksuit, man. <laughs> just uh, get Val Nachushkin to stand next to you, and I bet you could pull off just about anything. You know, the pictures of him every time he walks into an arena, because you know how is, Emily takes those? Yep. And I'm like, you can't tell me that dude is not destined to be in the KGB someday. <laughs> oh, 100%. Like, that man Retires is, from North American hockey, immediately goes to the KGB. Straight up will be, like, <laughs> somebody's bodyguard. <laughs> Because like that man just stands there, and you're like, nope. Yeah, like, that's a man that I do not uh, want to mess. I'm not with. messing with any of that. Nope. <laughs> I even see him in the locker room, and like he's got like the like the gold chains that he wears during the so, game. So yeah. lots of and then lots, like, so you mean the media scrums around him are huge usually. Is, yeah, uh, and and like he's got like the tattoos where you're just like this dude. I feel like means right. business. So Zadorov is kind of like the pretty boy, right? He's such a Zadorov is like he's a fashionista almost. Sure. He's like he's like <laughs> dude, he's like a really large puppy. Yeah. Because because he's so goofy and lighthearted and silly and aloof and just like I'm big Z. But that, you know like <laughs> right that in my mind like Z is the Bond villain. And, like, once the guys are done getting through Nachushkin and, like, barely winning that fight, then Z just, like, pounds them right into the ground. <laughs> See, Nachushkin is definitely, like, the the swath of bad guys that... Yeah, like, the first Bond villain that's not the real Bond villain. <laughs> right. Who, like, meets up in the hotel <laughs> right. in the second scene. Hire yeah. a thug, 1-800-DOT-WHATEVER. Exactly. Yeah. Like, 1-800-HIRE-BAD-GUYS. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just... It's, like, 50 Nachushkins come rolling out, and you're just, like... What is this? <laughs> That's really who he is. That's yeah. He's he is your 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 classic bad guy. Shout out Spencer Post to Zero. You are not part of the DNVR staff. Good job being in the chat. I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate it. it. 
Uh, but yeah, back to Av's special teams, their management of They're it. Definitely so special. Oh, yeah. I hate the PK more than I hate the power play, and that's saying something. Well, and I talked about this the other day. Power the the PK is broken, dude. Yeah. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> it's so I will say what they did last night uh, because Carolina tried to attack the Royal Road, and that was the one thing that they did well is that they had it shut down. And they weren't letting that pass across uh, to Svechnikov get through. And that Which was great. Which is something the rest of the season they that was have great. been letting through. Yeah, so they, that they, was nice. It happened multiple times in the Chicago game where yeah. the Brincat just flubbed it. And you're like, all right, well. I think <laughs> for the Avs it's a little bit easier when there's such an obvious target like Svechnikov that they're going for. Yeah. Because they, they do tend to just kind of mark that guy and try to take him away. Well, and like again, Chicago, it is it is tough because you do have Kane on one right, wall, exactly. and then you have the shooter on the other wall, and so you're like, okay, we know what they're going to try and do, but these guys are also two of the best at what they do. Yeah. Speaking of Wolverine, and <laughs> they, uh, you know, like with the Avs power play setup, both Miko and Nate are great, can be great shooters, yep. depending on where they shoot from and what they're doing, but. The lack of threat from Sam Gerrard up top is... It's, it's a problem. It's, well, yeah. it's why you've seen them adjust. No, I mean... If there should be something that makes Kill you McCarr feel better... Is a, is, Kill McCarr is Kill McCarr. Like, there's a, there is a difference there. They obviously <laughs> miss him, but him, him shooting from up top still isn't that much. What he oh, does yeah. is... he What he does is he leaves a guy behind, or he creates space and ends up even with him, and he gets closer to shoot. They don't have a threat from the blue line to shoot the puck this year. There's no Tyson Berry in there, which is funny to say because Tyson Berry fits in your pocket. You don't think of him as a big shooter from the blue line. Yeah, you don't. But a guy that averaged 12 goals a year, this is he didn't do it by walking in. Into yeah. a frustrating conversation about Sam Gerrard this season. It it's been a really frustrating season, dude. Like, yeah. he's getting You're he's right. getting uh, some free assists on the power play now to get a little fat. Yeah, and that's great. He needs that. Yes. Hopefully that helps the confidence. But right now, the reality is that dude's being outscored by Ian Cole and Ryan Graves. I mean, this was a guy who last year I thought was one of the best defensemen on the team at skating into space. Absolutely. And since Kale McCarr oh. has gone out, he has not been effective at it. He's found himself stuck walking the blue line and not able to penetrate it at all. He's not a threat on the breakaway anymore. Like, I don't even know the last time he pulled a tornado on somebody. Right. It's yeah. frustrating. I I don't. He's not creating the space that we're accustomed to him creating. And when he get when he gets into space, he's not doing anything yeah. with it. It, it. Like he hit the post against Chicago, and that was the most encouraging thing he's done offensively in two weeks. For sure, it's, you're right. It's tough. It, I, it, some of it's got to be a confidence factor thing for him. It's pretty obvious he's not confident with the puck right now. But I, he's got to figure it out, man. But he's not even what hit the mic. Man, no. sorry everybody. Especially if you're listening. <laughs> um, I just, I don't even know what to say about Sam Gerrard because he's not even taking wide open passing lanes anymore. It just seems like on the offensive side of the ice, he's lost. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, it's weird to see Ryan Graves play with more confidence on offense than Sam Gerrard. Well, and quick shout out to Ryan Graves. He's looked a lot better lately, and I'm like, I like Ryan Graves, but okay, not the point. <laughs> <laughs> if things keep playing like this, I mean,. Brian Graves for PP2? No. Never? We already asked Bednar. Okay. 
Oh, we, there just, was yeah. there was a question uh, <laughs> that got asked him a week or two ago. Okay, said, I must have missed it. Even even you know with with Graves playing uh, the way that he is and that unit struggling, like is there yeah. any t- temptation to throw him on there? And he just goes no. <laughs> and I have never seen I mean, Jean Martineau laugh so hard. I appreciate so hard. the honesty. Like, Jean <laughs> Martineau, the the Avs PR director, communications, whatever his official title is, he's like their PR guy, uh, like a buttoned up like French Canadian guy that yeah. like doesn't show tons of emotion. Bednar said no, and Jean Martineau's face just lit up, and he just started cackling. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh. Just shut it down hard. He was like, nope. I mean, maybe the real answer to that question is just don't have a PP2 at all. But how many times have I had to make yeah, this argument? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably fair. Um, especially once McCarr gets back. I mean, just load up on that first one. Or, or have McCarr play all two minutes. Like That'd be fine, too. You, yeah. you have no problem doing it to finish a damn game. Why don't you do it on the power play? Because that, I mean, let's I mean, face maybe it. Maybe not when he initially gets back off of injury, but, you know. Because you want to give him some time. Sure, to, you don't need to do it in yeah. game one, but it's like your yeah. second power play unit hadn't scored maybe all season. Yeah, like, that's fair. It's been forever, man. <laughs> Cole was looking at the puck when he decided to pinch, and he kept looking at the puck for, yeah. for a while. Well, and then he continued to watch the puck from yeah. 50 feet away as it got further away from exactly. him. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dude, yeah, that was why. There was like that whole last five minutes, there was a whole lot of guys just like tired just watching the puck going around and I was just completely missing assignments it was a whole lot of fun to watch when I was like man my my hockey coaches when I was like 11 years old would have yelled at me for this <laughs> that, <laughs> let alone do we, do we all get into the accountability argument and how we're here now we might as well yeah. like Bednar holds Z accountable and like something something clearly happened last night right and because like this was a dude that they have been playing more than 20 minutes for the last month and Easy, like they. You would hope that that's not just a flip of a switch that goes from twenty to zero real quick, right? Like you hope that Z doesn't come out and play fourteen minutes right. on Saturday night against Patrick Kane, who he's shut down multiple times in the last month. Yeah, but what does? How do you have that conversation with Z and sit him, and then how do you have that conversation? Not even just with Cole, because again, I'm not. Pinning everything solely on Cole. Goals don't drop out of the friggin' sky and just happen on one guy most of the time. It was a combination of mistakes yeah. that led up to that that second goal. Which, again, I have way more problem with than the first. The second one was just breakdowns all over the place. You give up a transition goal that should never have happened in that situation. And it wasn't just Cole, but how do no, you have that conversation? Right. With Cole, with Comfer. Like, what are you guys doing? That... It, this is something that we've talked about many, many times over the past couple of years. When Z messes up, it's straight to the bench, stapled. We also know that that's been effective for Z. It has. And this is why when it happens, I always remind people, this has consistently gotten results. It has. But at what point is it too much? When you see Cole go out and make those mistakes, when you see someone like a Confer go out and make those mistakes... And they keep chugging along. Same time on ice. Same. No, there doesn't seem to be the repercussions. I know it's a tough situation because, as you said, they found something specifically that works with Z here. Right. And it's a lot tougher to tell Ian Cole. Is it? I Yeah. 
I think it's a lot tougher to tell Ian Cole, given the success he's had in the league, given how given his veteraniness. I think the longer a guy is in the league, the harder it is. Like somebody let's be realistic. When Z's in when, when Zadorov is in Seattle, he's not gonna be benched. <laughs> That's they're not gonna true. be pulling that with him. The my thing is Last year, I would have 100% agreed with you, but this year, they scratched Ian Cole for a game. They did, and they, they've scratched Ryan Graves for games, and they've done that, but I I just think it's it was easier to do with Cole when they did it because he was still, what, two weeks coming out off from the injury, the, yeah. from, uh, from the coming back from the injury that he had in the offseason, and so it was a little easier to have that conversation. Now, and especially because Cole's played pretty well lately, I think it's it's so Zadorov though. I know that, but Cole's not fighting with his coaches on the bench. Cole is giving them on ice reasons to bench him, and Zadorov gave them an off ice or off ice and reason. Again, we don't know fair. how bad it was. I don't know what he and said. None of us do. Maybe it was like maybe what was said was so bad, and that's what threw Jared Bednar into a right. whole tizzy. We don't like, know. Again, incomplete information. Yeah, but what we do know is that. The the standard has been set with one guy and hasn't had to be met by others. How, as a, as someone who's in the locker room, how does that play in the locker room? Do guys get frustrated they, with that? That's not something that they will talk about with media. Okay, I'm just curious. That's because you talk about that to the media and chaos ensues. Well, ninety yeah. percent of the time, media is going to say something about it and yeah. be like, Murr. "I yeah. mean, you consider some of the some of the." They're not saying anything about it, and we're talking about it right now. So. Right, like That's some fair. of the some of the more dramatically inclined people on the beat, you know, they're gonna they would take a morsel like that and turn it into. Take an inch, turn it into a problems mile. in yeah. the locker room, right. yeah. <laughs> and like that's been like one of the tightest knit groups we've seen in years. Yeah. And Periscope doesn't work like Twitch, I guess, huh? They can't clip that comment out of context. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um but I yeah. I don't I don't think that I I don't think it's ultimately like a huge deal. I yeah. just think that this coaching staff only has one way of dealing with Zadorov's issues. And that's just been to bench him. I don't think that they found another way that was successful. It, it feels like this time may have been a touch harsh. It definitely, this one was, I, I think, just situationally, it was way heavy-handed. Yeah. And they kind of got what they, I mean, you reap what you sow. Sometimes you get what you deserve. And I'm sure Z was pissed. And not that to say that he's blameless here because he shouldn't have said what he said. Well, but we, we, we covered. He's not yeah, an innocent bystander here. But I'm sure he was pissed watching the, we talked about this last night, uh, Oh, sorry. McKinnon has argued with the coaches on the bench as well, but that's Nathan McKinnon. It's Nathan well, McKinnon. and and like that that situation, like a late game situation in which they had of of what had been a one goal game, um, and they what they they pulled the goalie and then it was a two goal game yeah. and it was in the final ninety seconds of the game. Yeah, it's a yeah. way 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 different situation uh, than. Zero zero at the end of the second. Exactly. Yeah. And hey, we are consciously choosing to sit you for the remainder of this tied game. So they're they are not comparable situations for me. Also, let's be honest, it's Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah, there's a difference. There's and a difference when you're one of the best players in the entire NHL. Well, and <laughs> there's a difference when a guy that is notoriously competitive to the point of sometimes being self destructive 
you know, the guys throwing sticks around during practice and breaking, breaking sticks, sticks during training yeah. camp and screaming at poor Andre Burakovsky <laughs> on the second day of training camp. Which, like... Hindsight's twenty twenty might have been the best thing for Andre Burakovsky. I, I mean, <laughs> whatever, right? Like, it's... Everybody has moved on, but, like, yeah. this is... The, there's a pattern here with Nate where the competitiveness Gets kind of... Way. Well, and it, 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 it just affects him differently we haven't seen a lot of that with Zadorov. you know if anything Zadorov has always been accused of being too casual yeah. and having too lackadaisical of approach to things and not being competitive and there, enough you'll remember with the mckinnon situation following that both bednar and mckinnon were like yeah i probably shouldn't have done that but our relationship is still very good yeah you know it was a burst this in the moment burst outburst and that's not the case with Zadorov. Very right. clearly, that relationship is very different than the one that Bednar and McKinnon have. Right. And you keep all relationships are two-way streets. Yeah. It it goes both ways, certainly. Yeah. So, I I don't see any real connection to to the McKinnon situation as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Eline Co says, "Would you have been upset if they didn't lose?" The answer to that, for me at least, is is yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, we criticize process all the time right. on the spot. Right, yeah. It's our go-to move, I think. Right. We, we talk about how, like, hey, like, the Nachushkin signing has worked out for them, but the process, I think, was still flawed. And that Nachushkin has worked out will encourage that process to happen again. Yep. And that's the frustrating part, because when it doesn't work out next time, everybody's going to be like, wow, why did they sign that guy? And it's like, well, because it worked out the one time out of ten, they thought that they were going to get two in a row and you know whatever yeah, yeah bad process is bad process is the point and we criticize bad process frequently yep and this was bad process from bedner he he was either going to get away with it or he was going to get criticized we're here now now we're in this room he getting criticized yeah he didn't yeah. get away with it right and well and that's yeah. that's it like <laughs> he he would either get away with it and everybody would shrug and be like well it worked and you know, we, we would we would still be having somewhat of this conversation. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been. It would not be nearly as pointed, yeah. and it would it would just be like, well, it's you know one of those things. But it was it is definitely much easier to kind of drop the hammer on a guy after you choke away a lead like that. I mean, just to be a little optimistic moving forward, I still think Bedner's the right coach. I didn't like what he did last night. Oh, yeah. No I doubt. think he's the right coach. I still think the Avs are in a really good position, and I think they're oh, yeah. going to be really good the rest of the I, year. That's <laughs> As we can kind of start to wrap up the pod here, the Avs get the rebound squad of Chicago again to follow hey, this up. Thank you. Gotta, I mean, we're, we're already like putting a W on that one just because of how the season has gone, but like they still have to do the work. They do. They still have to play the game. Because you lose that game... You really hope then you get concerned. You really hope that the Avs that show up in the, that game are just angry and just beat that team down, right? And like feed off of the energy from their angry fan yeah. base. One that's mad about what happened, and yep. two is mad because half the building is Chicago fans yep. who just drunkenly found their way to Pepsi Center because <laughs> it's what they do. It's like a, it's like a. Anytime a Chicago team is in Denver, it's like this weird mating call to anybody that's ever been to Chicago for them to pretend like they're from there. And they're just—it's like this, like a like a only a signal that they can hear, <laughs> and they just like like zombies just make their way over to the Pepsi Center, Chicago, and they've got to go and support their team. <laughs> yeah, and so Avs fans are going to be wanna, pissed that just, those not dudes everybody's are there. that way. My mom's a Chicago transplant, and she's a lovely, lovely human being. How many times has she been to the Pepsi Center? 
like 10 and it's only when the Blackhawks are playing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so. All right, fair. Fair enough. Abs, abs, abs fans we will be. We love you, Mrs. Sorbo. We're sorry. <laughs> they, will, they will be equally upset about the performance from last night and that Chicago fans exist and are in the building. And they, there will be an energy in there. And the abs can either turn that into something positive or they can let it chew them up. I like that take. I don't really have anything more to add to that. Kale, any closing thoughts as the the rando on the pod today? Um, yeah, I think the Canes are really good. I don't think we should uh, we should yeah. feel too bad about that because I think they're a really good team. It was a back to back, and I still really like this team's chances moving forward. I think they're going to win probably four of their next five, and the, they'll be fine. The Avs were three minutes from moving to four zero and one against the East's top five teams. Yeah, they're three one and one. That's not horrible. And now they're three one and one, and you're like, meh. What could have been, definitely, you know, what could have been. But all things considered. This team's in a good spot. That's all I really wanted to close on for me. For sure. Shout out our taxi ad for watching live. I appreciate it, buddy. But Chicago is not in Michigan. All right. If you struggle with geography, you may also struggle with things like taxes. And there's Jesus. a new alternative a, for addressing your tax needs. What a transition. Symbio Tax and Administration provides its clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. You guys know we're all about taking care of our own. And George over at Symbio Tax is a proud DNVR subscriber and diehard Avs fan. Whether you have a small business, you're looking to rent out a room in your house, or if you just need to get your tax return filed, go to a qualified professional like George to understand your tax requirements. Don't end up at one of those retail tax chains. Call Symbio Tax today for a free consultation at 720-366-4470 or visit them at symbiotax.com. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O tax.com. That's it for us on this one. That's all I got. Hopefully the abs turn it around against Chicago. Thank you for listening, and you will hear from us again on Monday.